Hello listeners and welcome to a new episode of the Denalysis Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host Dan and as always I'm joined by Natalie. Hey Nat. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How's it going? I didn't know if you were going to say something. Yeah. Or... I, I just, it feels nice if I hear you say something back to me. Because oh. that's weird that way. <laughs> uh, I think my gain is really loud. Uh, so, don't so. shout loud then. That's the worst <laughs> thing. No, I know, but what if I get excited? Well, yeah, you're quite right. Turn it down. Okay, cool. So uh, we've just wrapped up game week six. Uh, what some would consider a vintage FPL week in that there were some surprise benchings, uh, some surprise results, and not least of all is it featured an Arsenal clean sheet and a high-scoring Burnley win, which is uh, just absolutely mental, right? Absolute madness. Chaos. No? No, I didn't think so. Oh, okay, fine. Fine, that's fine. I've been telling you for the last three weeks that Burnley are going to get good. Yeah, you have actually, and they duly obliged. So I, I respect that a lot. Um, yeah, you can find us on Twitter, at The Denalysis, for your ranty and, and chatty FPL needs if you want, you know, any advice from, from the crew. But yeah, I think we should jump into it. How did your team do this weekend, Natalie? Good. Yeah? Yeah. What was your uh, score? 63. Oh, 63. You beat me by six. Surprise! <laughs> um, yeah, I think I've decided. I wanted to talk about this later, but now we. Yeah. Um, that the third week post wild card is the true test. Okay. So next game week will be the true test of whether I've fucked it or not. <laughs> Why the third week? Is there some uh, dark because magic think, behind this? Because you definitely always focus on the week you are wild carding. You focus on the the games coming up straight away and then you look ahead to the week after but I don't think anyone ever thinks further than that so next week is the test but this was your test week and I by my logic okay so my test week I actually did okay with 57 because that's that was good is that not above average it's above average it's five above average but the particular the main reason why it was good Oh, because you didn't have any players. So I actually only had nine <laughs> players this week, which is a little bit crazy. Um, yeah, so Mendy, obviously I kept this week, thinking, you know what, Pep might just be lying. He'll probably play anyway. I'll put him in my starting lineup. Um, but the surprise ones were David Silva and Ricardo Pereira, the, the Leicester right back, both dropped to the bench, didn't even come on. So uh, I was left with only nine players fielded and... Salah captain worked out well. Um, the Probably the most unfortunate situation was that I had Fabianski on the bench in place of, in place of Matt Ryan. Oh, and no! And I've got to admit, like, there was a chance for Matt Ryan. There was a chance. He had the penalty. No. You know what, Dan? I don't know who is more mad at Glenn Murray. <laughs> or, or me, me and or Matt Christine. Ryan. Like, I don't know who is... Yeah. I don't know who is more angry. I, I, it was the most ridiculous thing, wasn't it? And it I, I couldn't tell The you. amazing thing I about that handball was if he hadn't had his hand there, it was just going to hit a Brighton player's head. It's so ridiculous. Oh, but you know what, what was know. added frustration for me here? Obviously, I have Matt Ryan and I'm like, I'm gutted that he's given away a penalty because Brighton have looked really comfortable. But the worst, the worst thing about it was they had that little graphic come up on screen where it shows you like the last four or five penalties or whatever. 
they're all in the same corner yeah, and Matt and Ryan died the, the opposite corner. <laughs> Why? I know, I know. I thought that as well. I I didn't, like, I'd seen it and then I thought maybe yeah. I saw it Maybe there was one in that other corner. But, but no, yeah. oh, the most gutting oh. thing when <laughs> no. every one of his penalties had been that bottom left. And I think if Ryan had gone the right way, like he is quite an agile goalkeeper, I feel like he could have got there. It was still a well-taken penalty, so he might he might not have quite, but it would have at least been a little bit satisfying to see him go the right way. Uh, but yeah, that was a nine-point mm. swing. I could have been on what I could have been on sixty-six instead with only nine players, which would have been an incredible return. Um, and Pereira yeah. uh, Pereira was a disappointment. My transfer in for Mikatarian, but I'm glad I did it because that would have been uh, that would have given me only eight players this week, <laughs> which would have been incredible. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I took out took out Patrick Van Aanholt for Laporte as well because I wanted someone to to get that City clean sheet just in case Mendy missed out. But it turned out that was you know no difference. Laporte and Van Aanholt got the same score. Uh, but I guess that's kind of quite a, a natural natural segue for the, the rotation returning with a vengeance. And it was not merciful to me. Um, but I did do some Reddit reading to see what people's general uh, general opinions are on the Man City situation, because I'm actually quite chill with it. So we've got this this awkward situation where obviously Mendy is injured, we don't know how long for. Uh, David Silva, who it seemed like was going to be the most nailed on City uh, midfielder, dropped to the bench. Um, and I just kind of yeah wanted to get get your vibes for it first and see what you think about City. Like, are they worth... <laughs> Why are you so shocked? I haven't been looking at you. So Bloody no, do I? No, apparently not. <laughs> I've no idea. Like, I assumed that David was just tired from the midweek, but then I was like, I don't even know if he played. Yeah, he did. He played the full 90. Oh, so maybe he was just tired. Well, that that's it. Uh, so I saw this little post, because um, you know what the, the Reddit is like. There's always these little sleuths doing this uh, detective work on, on all these players. <laughs> there's yeah. a guy who apparently, like, on the Man City forums, like, he knows David Silver or whatever. Right. Uh, <laughs> but he's... Sure, he, okay. He I'm... has legit information, how well he knows him, whether he's his mate or not, or whatever, I don't really <laughs> no. know. He literally saw him at the pub one time. Yeah, and he's just put, like, a tracking device on David Silver now. Uh, but no, like, what happened was, um, he, he said that David Silver was surprised not to be selected and had been told that he can't play three games in seven days now. So what that means... Because he's old. Oh, yeah, he's like 33, I think. So he is, especially with City, you know, they are a fairly high-intensity team, not so much as, as Liverpool, but, like, they do play with a lot of pace and a lot of uh, a lot of running. So I guess it makes sense. But for me personally, like, I, I'm not massively worried about it because the way I see it, David Silva... He has the potential to, when he does play, score a shitload of goals and get a load of assists. He won't play in Carabao, will he? No, like there's, it, to my mind, there's absolutely no way he plays the Carabao Cup game. That'll be a, a youth squad. It'll be the likes of Jesus, uh, the likes of Phil, Phil Foden, Foden. Uh, Han. that guy Ibrahim Diaz, like all of these sort of youth players. Maybe Mares will play the Carabao Cup. Those sort of fringe that players. One. Yeah, exactly. So those are the sort of players I'd expect to play play that. Um, 
And I think David Silva has a good chance for the weekend against Brighton. The question is just going to be going forward, like, who's going to be rested when? And I think we're just going to have to roll with it and expect that sometimes we've got... It's the exact same as last season, isn't it? Like, some weeks you're going to miss out. You've just got to make sure you've got someone on the bench to cover it and someone you don't mind playing. Um, I think that's the only reason I like Sterling and even Sane less. Yeah. It's just because... If David Silva doesn't play, it's only 8.5 that's going to be sitting on your bench. Or Bernardo Silva, it's only whatever he is. 7.5 or 7.6, yeah. Yeah. Whereas if you've got Sterling for any week not playing, like he's going to be great when he is playing. But is it enough to make up for the fact that you've got 11 million sitting on your bench when he is? It's like having Eden Hazard and him just not playing. You know, it's the same same price. Whereas you could have... Eden Hazard playing every game and he may not score every game but you at least know he's going to play yeah Yeah. I I totally agree with that and I think with Aguero you at least know he I mean he's been coming off sort of around the the 60th minute mark quite a lot yeah like 61 minutes this week I was like what you jokers captain (laughs) obviously I went and captain Hazard yeah yeah so you didn't do so well yourself but but that's the thing like that is a risk for for Aguero uh but Mm. with yeah with Sterling you never know, he might just not be in the squad one week. And uh, same for same for Sane. Especially if Mendy comes back fit next week, like, Sane might just not play at all. What? Are you ready to talk about Mendy? I am. I am ready. You reckon he could come back, what, not, not this game week? Uh, so I'm not saying that I have any information because literally no one does. Like, this is... Mm, no, I reckon he's he's out... Until after the next international break. Oh, really? Based on absolutely nothing. That's why I right, reckon he'll okay. be back. So, uh, yeah, I'm literally just... I'm holding here because I'm waiting for any kind of confirmation on, on what the injury is and the timeline. Because uh, So you're happy to lose money on him tonight? Yeah. Well, uh, I don't... Is he going to drop tonight? It looks oh. likely. It's not definite, but it's... This yeah, class. he's on FPL statistics that he's like minus ninety nine. I didn't check the other one because I don't like the other one as well. Yeah, so so my philosophy on it is essentially just like this season. I'm not going to worry about that stuff. Like last season, I probably would have taken a minus four to get him out, but I've already done my transfer this week. I took out Pereira for Doherty because I like his fixture. Leicester Pereira. Yeah. Because uh, I'm just worried that he won't play and I don't really want him mm. because I, I'm not convinced by Leicester at the moment. And yeah, I just kind of feel like Mendy, I've had him since day one. I had him since he was 6.0. I don't really mind if he's going to be out for like two weeks. I don't mind him dropping because I kind of want him for the whole season as long as he's playing, as long as he's fit. Uh, so I'm kind of waiting and seeing on that front if I get a confirmation that he's out for like four to six weeks or something, I'll pull the trigger. I'll get him out next week. But for now, I'm just playing it playing it a little bit coy because I, I don't really want to transfer him out and I don't want to do it without having the information because I just want him. He's good. He's a good player. Okay, well, I'm getting rid. Um, I want the money. And also, if he's dropping to 6.3 this week, then I can buy him back. Without with no problem, I can buy him back a six point four, with fairly little yeah. problem. But I just want to get rid. 
So, I'm here to talk about who to replace him with. Oh, okay. Um, the subreddit is an absolute cesspit for this stuff. <laughs> like, I almost threw myself out of the window at work yeah. trying to get through it. And people keep having opinions. Like, can you all stop? People on the Reddit have very strong opinions as well. <sighs> like, if you if like, you don't agree, man, you're, you're, you're wrong. Why are you dumb? And also, there was a man who didn't understand how price rises. Oh, uh, there's always loads. <laughs> like, this is, there's always loads. This is stressful. This is stressful. Um, so, Walker is kind of the obvious sideways switch. Yeah, because he's from similar many. price. 6.5, so if you can afford him, yeah, you can afford yeah. him. Um, and he also plays on that other wing, does those crosses. and so I don't know if he crosses, but he scored that goal the other week, so that was nice for yeah. him. So he's where I'm looking. Apart from now, I've realised that I might not actually have enough money to buy okay. him. Okay. <laughs> and also I'm worried about rotation does he rotate um walker has been known to be left out but not often okay so he's an option laporte is the one that looks good Hmm. because he started every game this season so far in the premier league but i'm wary about downgrading to laporte and then having this money sitting around tying it up accidentally in someone else and then not being able to buy an You're you're putting a lot of trust in yourself to not want to use that money, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that's something that you should be worried about if you're making a move that drastic. Like... Well, that's exactly why. Like, that's exactly why I'm sticking. Because I want want to see, like, how long it's going to be first. I don't want to get myself invested in a new, like, team shape or something... And then see Mendy's mm. back and then just completely go back on myself. My problem this week, actually, is if I do get someone else in for Mendy and it'd be stupid to do that and then not play that new person, um, I have to bench one beside yeah. which I feel really nervous about. I just just have like only 10 starting players and it'll be it'll be easy. <laughs> He'll just come off the bench. Yeah, yeah I, get, I guess I can do that. Um, and the third guy who I was almost definitely going to get in and have completely bottled it in the last 24 hours is Trippier because Spurs have really nice fixtures for the next three Huddersfield away Cardiff at home although I don't know where home is for that (laughs) and then West Ham away yeah um regardless of where they are those fixtures are really nice yeah particularly Um, those next two because you've got two teams who aren't scoring a lot of goals so clean sheet potential has to be high, right? Yeah. And obviously Trippier does the whole free kick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's good. And my thought behind Trippier was I'd ex- I'd want rid of him by the time their fixture against Man City comes around. So you just swap back. Yeah, which is at the end of October so that I could swap back to yeah. Mendy. Then. Yeah, no, that that is quite a logical one because you get those two great fixtures um Mm. and yeah I I kind of I really like Trippier's attack threat Uh, I really like him as a player in general the only reason I wouldn't want to go for him is just because I would only want him for these next two and yeah yeah, but but that is 
a super good way of doing it, I think. On Reddit as well, um, some men struck fear into me that he might get rotated as well. That is, of course, the one question around Trippier. Uh, It hasn't happened much in the Premier League this season, has it? Like, I think Aurier started... I don't think so. I think he started the first game, Aurier. Yeah. And then Trippier came... Because none of the England players were playing. And then Trippier came back in, and and that was that. Yeah. And Aurier played the Champions League game against Inter. So, Mm. I... But then will, given the Spurs' performance in the Champions League game... Yeah. Will be drafted and in? especially when you look at Huddersfield and Cardiff, very winnable games. Does Pochettino mm. Do think? They need to... Oh, I'm just gonna yeah. play the the noobs in this game. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, that would strike fear into my heart, especially paying like six million for him. Uh, so I think now I've like talked myself into getting Laporte. I think that's actually the safest option because you still have the brilliant fixtures. Um, they do face Liverpool in game week eight. So, okay, that one isn't brilliant. After that, Burnley. Mm. After that, Spurs. Uh, and after that, Southampton. I mean, Laporte has been playing every game. As far as I understand it, Pep Guardiola, he, he really likes to have a left-footed centre-back in his defensive two. And Laporte is the only one that offers that. So he seems about as nailed as as it could be. And uh, yeah, I think it, his price of 56 it's kind of a, a brilliant a brilliant option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other one I'd want to shout out maybe is Trent Alexander-Arnold at 5 point... Okay. I think he's at 5.1 still. He might have gone up to 5.2. Is he that cheap? Yeah. Yeah, so he's another one where there's like a slight question about rotation. But he's been so good this season. And he was actually one... I was thinking about taking a minus four to get... Um, to get either Pereira or Mendy out this week for mm. for Trent Alexander-Arnold. And then I ended up not doing it because I was like, well, he's going to have to score like 10, 11 points for it to make it worthwhile. Yeah. And he scored 11 points. <laughs> so it should have been predictable, really, but I didn't do it. And I just think he's such a good option, even though they play Chelsea and Man City next. After that, they have Huddersfield and Cardiff. At his price, it's really, really good. And he offers that mm. attacking and set-piece threat much yeah. like Trippier does. And for me, Liverpool just look so, so good this season. And I, I genuinely think they are the best team in the league right now. Um, I just, I can't really see any weakness in that squad. I just think they're going to, they're going to win every game. And Trent Alexander-Arnold with his set piece taken could definitely be in with a shout for uh, for assists and, and goals. Yeah. yeah. The only reason I'm not looking at him is because I already have Robertson. Yeah. Yeah, see, that was the thing for me as well. I was like, well, if I do double up, it uh, might be a bit whack for those those next two games. But I actually wouldn't mind it because I, they have such a good defence at the moment. I think it's um, Liverpool and Wolves, the two teams conceding the fewest chances. So it's something to, to certainly consider. Uh, so moving on, this uh, I'm going to title this particular game the, uh, mm-hmm. the Nominal Confusion Derby because it's the two teams... <laughs> Who I always confuse who wear dark red and it's uh Well, have you noticed that Huddersfield's away kit this season is actually Burnley's I mean sorry, Bournemouth Oh god, it's happening to you <laughs> Huddersfield's away kit this season is actually Bournemouth's home kit. Oh really? Have you I, not I, seen I this? do I do recall it, but I hadn't sort of made Literally the mental the connection. 
I don't know how anyone is coping with that. Uh, it's so confusing, isn't it? Because I'm Well, you not... know what else is confusing? The, the Joe Hart is looking like a genuine goalkeeper option at 4.5. Joe Hart and Wayne Hennessy are the guys, aren't they? They're, they're doing brilliantly. And it's... Uh, the only thing I would say here is that I never recommend a goalkeeper transfer unless you're absolutely desperate. Or on, or a, wild on a wild card. card. But... He is making save after save after save. Yeah, I'd be tempted to switch to Hart and then switch out me. Yeah. But obviously that's a two-week saga. Yeah, and it's, it's just do. not worth it, is it? Especially when you look at the next two... Um... I mean, it depends about the money. If I need to free up money for some reason... Yeah. And I can downgrade me to a 4.5... I guess the, the only time to do that is if you really just feel um, feel like you have nothing else to, to change. But yeah. I, the problem is you always have that situation where you feel like you have nothing else to change and then the next week and will happen. someone will exactly. die. Exactly. Which yeah. is why, again, this is such a good time to be rolling a transfer sort of as much as you can. Um, mm. But yeah, this game was absolutely crazy. And I'm really, really happy to see Burnley... Well, not only get on the score sheet, but get on the score sheet four times and keep a clean sheet. <laughs> yeah. They were they were pretty excellent, but this game was actually a little bit more one-sided than... Uh, sorry, a little bit more um, competitive than, than the scoreline would have had you believe. Uh, but you've got good Munson down here at 5.9. Yeah. Really frustratingly, I thought about him, or I must have seen something about him on friday maybe thursday or friday and then just chose to completely forget (laughs) so i panic bought um fraser instead of uh bought him for mixtarian because i need someone at that price so goodmanson is also 5.9 where fraser i bought for 5.8 so that's annoying because i should have just bought goodmanson if i thought about it anyway it doesn't matter it's done now um yeah, there was a thing about him having um, shots on target or just shots. I can't remember. Great facts. Um, before this episode, before what am I talking about? Oh my God, kill me. Before <laughs> this game week. And I was like, that's interesting. And then two assists this week. He's on like all of the set yeah. pieces. It's just him. It's him doing him. Um. And I think he's a really nice differential if everyone in your league has Fraser yeah. and you're like, why would I jump on this man now? Goodmanson is a great alternative. They Burnley also have Cardiff away and Huddersfield at home coming up right now. It's funny how many teams have had that back-to-back matchup of like Cardiff and Huddersfield. I hadn't noticed it. But... Am I just imagining that? I kind of feel like a bunch of teams. I mean, um, it's... Tottenham's next to as well is the reverse yeah. of that but I feel like yeah. I've seen it quite a lot and it it's just such a nice little uh back-to-back vibe I guess I guess the only problem is game week nine and ten they have Man City and Chelsea back-to-back well and that's yeah, when but... you probably want him riding your bench at least for the the City game I'd say uh the Chelsea one's at home so that's a shout but yeah like you say it's is that a little bit cheaper than the likes of um the likes of Madison and, and all of these like 6.5 range guys. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they, they did um, they did do brilliantly defensively in this game. I think like, well, I say defensively. I mean, a lot of it was 
was down to heart making really good saves. But it's kind of amazing what good move that has looked for him now because he's starting to get his confidence back. And I think you'll start to see over the coming weeks, like Burnley as a defensive unit will get their confidence back if Hart keeps playing that way. Because mm. when the goalkeeper behind you is playing so well, you kind of don't worry so much about every single shot you're allowing and you can start to play with a little bit more freedom. So I think this is a really huge result, especially against Bournemouth, who are playing so well. And yeah, it's just so FPL, isn't it? That Fraser is the the yeah. top scorer last week and did absolutely nothing in this game. Um, yeah. um, do you think Burnley have some kind of secret goalkeepers school society situation? Goalkeepers where they just get like <laughs> they get bad goalkeepers and they make them good. They just get like average goalkeepers and then they make them like the best goalkeeper of all time. I honestly think it's like a lot of it is down to the way they play. Um, they are so like, if you think about the the game against Wolves and how many shots they were like heading off the line in that match and they managed to keep it to one nil when they really should have lost by, you know, three or four goals. I feel like it's just the fact that they defend so, so valiantly and so bravely, it just kind of gives that little bit of momentum to the goalkeeper at times and you can start to play with a bit of confidence. So I think just the environment as well, like Sean Dyche seems to have this way of giving his players like supreme confidence. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think Burnley are going to start looking up from here and you've got to start to see more of the Burnley from last season and less of the, the shaky start. It was the first time, the game against Bournemouth was the first time that Burnley had scored at both ends of Turf Moor for a year and a half. It was like 630 days that, was the last time they That is that. a very Burnley stat because they just don't score. They don't score more yeah. than one goal in, in the match. So, of course, of <laughs> yeah, course that's, that's true. true. That's true. Yeah, that's a good I stat. Thought, yeah, I thought it was so yeah. mad. Love okay, stat. let's move on to uh, to Brighton who have played... To another yeah, B. Yeah, another B. Brighton who have played really, really, really well but just haven't mm-hmm. really been getting the results, I think. Um so they have they have some extraordinary fixtures coming up after they play Man City this week. Uh, they have... Uh, the only thing is there's only three home games in there. But they're coming up against West Ham, Newcastle, Wolves, Everton, Cardiff, Leicester and Huddersfield. And I feel like this... I mean, even further beyond that, actually, they play Crystal Palace and then Burnley. It's not until game week 17 they play another top six team. Yeah. And... They've just been looking really, really quite strong. I mean, I thought the game at the weekend, they were quite unlucky against Spurs because they obviously gave away that that penalty, which you just shouldn't have been conceding in a million years. And up until that point, Spurs just couldn't create anything. And uh, Matt Ryan looked assured, the defence looked really assured. And they were just kind of standing off and quite comfortably keeping Spurs at arm's length. I think kind of the only criticism I'd have is that they didn't really go at them enough. And I, I did kind of fancy Brighton to win this game, being at home and, and knowing that their home record's a lot better and Spurs are looking a little bit dodgy and they, they don't have Lloris in the side. So um, you've got... Oh, but don't slight Gazaniga like that. <laughs> yeah, so they did, uh, they did replace Vorm with Gazaniga and Gazaniga looked mm-hmm. a lot more assured. So you've got um, Shane Duffy down here on the, on the old dock. Tell me about him. Yes. So, although Brighton haven't kept a clean sheet so far this season, which is 
understandable given like they've played three of the top yeah. six in the last however many weeks we've had six so they haven't had much time to i mean the good thing is they haven't conceded pitches. loads of goals against them which is well, encouraging also, yeah um but shane duffy has already scored two goals and had two assists since the start of the season are you kidding me which is insane i didn't no. realize he had two goals as well yeah. I knew you had one, um, but oh, damn. So these goals and assists were what we were waiting for all season last year, but now he's gone and done them this year. Just getting into really good places to, like, head the ball in and, you know, that yeah. stuff from corners. Um, at 4.5, I think with the attacking returns we've seen and with the good fixtures coming up after Man City where... Brighton could feasibly keep some clean sheets. Yeah. I think he's an excellent option. Yeah. I would also like to highlight my future husband, Lewis Dunn, <laughs> who is not far off from dropping to 4.3 million, which would be an incredible price. A brilliant facilitator. He, please, hear me out. Not only that, but he's been getting into the same positions as Duffy has for corners, etc. He could have had a goal at the weekend. Mm. Just wasn't, just hasn't been as lucky as mm. Duffy has been. Um, so I think there's definitely a case for both of them. Um, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, I, I probably, I probably go towards Duffy purely because the guys who. Oh, I yeah. would if I wasn't so loyal to Duffy. <laughs> if I didn't already have. Because this is the thing I thought about doing at the start of the season. I was between Robertson and Van Dyke, and that was a bit of like my loyalty to Van Dyke last season had had, had mm. kind of remained. And I ended up going for Robertson because I was just like, well, he was the one who was being more involved in the attack. And I know I wanted Van Dyke to get that goal and he never did. But I need mm. to stop torturing myself here. And that turned out to be, you know, the exact right choice to make. So I think the guys who are getting the opportunities, and it should be said that Shane Duffy on a different day could have had a penalty in this game because he was the one who was getting a getting pulled down by I think Eric mm. Dyer. Uh so yeah, they I think they are due some clean sheets. I just always worry with Brighton. They always seem good to concede at least one goal. And that's kind of why I went for Matt Ryan instead, because I, I do fancy him to get save points. And he did even though I didn't get my eleven points from Fabianski this week, I did appreciate that Ryan must have made about five saves right at the end of the game to to ensure that he got at least one save point from uh conceding the two goals. But the guy who I really, really, really like the look of, and I think I've actually been saying it for quite a few weeks now, because he's picked up three assists already. And yeah. he scored a goal in this match, and that's um, Anthony Knockart. Yes, and literally, didn't I, on Thursday, I just sent you a message that said, Knockart from Game yeah. Week 8. Yeah, and that absolutely. Was the entire so that's, that is my planned Game Week 8 transfer. Oh, um, yeah. That's why I've downgraded Mkhitaryan to Fraser. Is so that I have enough money to upgrade Billings. Yeah, Knockout. absolutely. That was that was also one of the reasons I decided to go for that downgrade this week as well. Was um, I really wanted to have that money available, and uh, he's just kind of proving it again and again because he's looked really, really good, and he's kind yeah. of become their main man where he was expected to be when they initially came up, and he just had a really poor season. I, I think we talked about this before, but he had some personal problems with his father passing away and obviously didn't have like wasn't in the best frame of mind for that season but he's come mm. back and he just looks so motivated 
And he's kind of like the, the Wilfred Zaha for Brighton. But I kind of think Brighton play better football and actually have better players. Because if you look around that team, they've got... Um, I think Solly March looks really good. They've, I fucking love Solly he, he's March. He's quite a skillful player. And he's kind of one I looked at last season and thought he's just one of these like old English cloggers. But he's actually got a bit of pace and a bit of skill. <laughs> you thought he was Brighton's sport. Exactly, yeah. And uh, <laughs> they've, they've got quite a few like fancy players in midfield now. You know, they've got the likes of Basuma who's come in and looks a, a quite tidy player. And even, um, I guess, Lacardia can't be included in this because he is like... No, 0%. <laughs> he is the worst player. But yeah, I, I really like the way they're playing. And you saw in the second half in this game against Spurs when they were a goal down. They actually started to press and they really caused a lot of problems. And when it was 1-0, mm. Knockout had the best chance. It was oh. so good. And he took the he took an amazing touch to take it past the defender. And then for some reason just made this most like pathetic sort of prod towards the goalkeeper with his right foot when he had so much <laughs> yeah. more time. And I was so gutted for him at that moment. I can't wait until Izquierdo finally reappears. Oh god, yeah, they'll have pace. And it's Knockart and Izquierdo on the yeah. pitch. It'll be so that'd be, good. That'd be an excellent sort of uh, wide pairing for them, just because it's pure, like, lethal pace. But yeah, he's he's been really, really impressive this season, and his goal against Spurs was just really, really brilliantly taken. And he takes a lot of the set pieces. So I think, yeah, three assists, I think they've all been from set pieces so far. But he's also creating chances from open play. And he, he was yeah. one of four players I was looking at this week. And the only reason I went for um for Pereira over him was because I liked the... the exactly. Fish. So I didn't want him playing against Spurs and then Man City back to back. Even yeah, though I thought he could sure. score against Spurs, I thought I like Pereira's chances against Fulham, Arsenal and Bournemouth a little bit better. So uh, that was that. But a 5.5. I think he's got to be an absolute must-have for this um, this period coming from game week eight onwards, and you just yeah, price is you excellent. just don't need to rotate him out because he's he's in great form. All right, um, let's move on to the Leicester Leicester City attack. Mm. So, what are we feeling about these guys? I'm, I've gone, I've kind of flip flopped personally, because I, uh, I think if you listen to me from like the start of the season, I was quite up on Leicester, and I was like. Puel's mm. had a season with them. Like, it's got to be time for them to start really coming into their own. But I've just been relatively unimpressed with what I've actually seen from them in the matches. Obviously, they won 3-1 against Huddersfield this week. Vardy and Ian Atro, both the, the top scorers in the game. I think if those two play together, then Ian Atro at 5.9 obviously becomes an excellent option. Um, or maybe not an excellent option, but at least... But a nice yeah, one. Yeah, a nice one if you compare to Vardy at 8.9. Mm. But the problem I have with them is I look at their fixtures and I know they're largely received as being excellent. Dan, literally, they only they don't face a top six team until December. Yeah, I, I can see that. And we're currently not even in October <laughs> right now. I can see that, but the problem I have is like... I think you are too caught up in how good or bad Leicester actually are at the football. Yeah. As discussed last week, we're not here to talk about football. 
We're here to talk about the men getting the points. Okay. And that is what the Leicester men do. Okay, so they have Newcastle, Everton and Arsenal in their next three. I think Newcastle is the one I'd be most worried about just because that's the kind of game I think they might struggle to create chances in. But Everton and Arsenal, yeah, okay. Not been defending particularly well. I think that's a fair shout. So obviously Madison is a standout pick, right, still. 6.7 now I think yeah just doing all those free kicks and also if you weren't watching you wouldn't have seen not yeah just (laughs) if one wasn't watching one wouldn't have seen that for the Iheanacho Vardy goal it was Madison who put Vardy who just lobbed the ball forward to Vardy when he was on the run and then who put it to Iheanacho and then who scored so Madison involved he is he is very involved there that's kind of the thing that makes him a really appealing FPL option, I think. It's just the fact that he takes so many touches, he takes free kicks, he takes corners. He's kind of the, the prototypical like FPL option because he just does he does everything. Um, mm. And he's very tidy on the ball. He keeps possession well. I think he'll always do well in the bonus because he doesn't, doesn't seem to give it away that much. Um, I'm kind of a little bit gutted I don't still have him because he's kind of become a template option now. And I had him from the start of the season, but then had to... I mean, to be fair, I did have to get rid to get uh, Hazard in. And that was mm. that was sort of my big move that, that did pay off quite well. But yeah, I am a little bit gutted I don't have him at the moment. I'll probably look to get him back in at some point, but I kind of favour Knockout just because I like, I like the football they're playing that little bit more. Why choose between the two when you can well, have both? Well, quite. It's, it's David Silver. It's my love for David Silver that's stopping <laughs> me from doing this. But mm. maybe, maybe there will come a point where I'll look at it and I think, you know what, David Silver... Because uh, to kind of compare those two, like the way I'm looking at it is I'd rather have David Silver for the one game he could score 20 points in than Madison for the two games he scores like four and five in or whatever. And that's kind of where I'm I'm seeing it at the moment. But he has been a very, very consistent scorer so far. So maybe, maybe I'll need to look at him a little bit more closely soon. But Vardy, do you think Vardy is real realistically a shout for anyone? Yeah, yeah. I genuinely, like, it depends how you've built your team. But um, a team that we'll look at in a sec um, has Vardy in. And I really like the setup. But yeah, definitely if you're going for like the classic expensive like 11 to 12 million striker then a kind of mid like 8 to 9 million and then a really cheap guy I think Vardy is really good for that I know we were talking about Firmino as well uh, Firmino and Lacazette last week I'm not so hot on Firmino but Lacazette and Vardy I think are as good like I forget about Vardy I forget that he exists but he does do goals and that's all you care about but that's all I care about <laughs> in this game we call FPL um and I don't think it matters how good it is elsewhere how good he is elsewhere on the pitch obviously it matters when he's like kicking people or headbutting them or whatever he's up to yeah when he's getting red cards but he's not so good annoying but other times when he's just doing the goals I, I guess I, I'd compare I compare Jamie Vardy quite a lot to um, a guy like Romelu Lukaku, but he's cheaper because he's this sort Mm. of like very consistent scorer that will constantly rack up the goals. But 
he rarely does anything spectacular. So it's usually like, I, I guess this week, you know, he did outshine the majority of the the, the strikers with a goal and an assist. But usually, yeah, I, I think the key, I genuinely think the key is whether or not Iheanacho and Vardy play up front together. Because I think if those mm-hmm. two play and Madison, that is such a such a threatening attack. Just because it's got so much pace, and Madison is obviously a really good sort of attacking midfielder who can who can find those passes to put them through. And it's always like whenever you have two strikers with a lot of pace in the Premier League, it's always such a threat. And we're seeing that with I guess Lacazette isn't like lightning fast, but we're seeing the the quality of Arsenal's attack increase also with two two top strikers up uh, up front. So that would be the thing. I'd probably assess how they do against Newcastle. I'd look at who plays. And that would be whether I, uh, how I'd make my decision on whether or not to go with one of those two. Uh, I, I do kind of want to touch on a couple of boys uh, from the from okay. the Arsenal. Because uh, obviously they have they have some very good fixtures coming coming up. So I, I saw this interesting stat today. There was only three players have created more chances for teammates from open play than Aaron Ramsey this season. Oh, can I guess who? Yes, go ahead. So, James Madison. He is not there. He's not even in the top four. <laughs> the top four isn't that many. Well, uh, not like, he's okay, not so, even in the top 1,000. Uh, let, let, let me explain. Okay. When I say the top four... There are one, two, three, four, five, six players tied for fourth place. Right, okay. So that that was kind of misleading. It's more, yeah, the top nine. <laughs> but... Okay. Um, I can't remember any football. So three players. One has 15 chances created. Goodmanson? No. <laughs> it's someone we've talked about today a fair bit. Mendy? No. Trippier? No. I have no idea. It's a player that's renowned for creating chances, though. We haven't talked about A player him. I have in my team that I very much love. Who didn't play this week. David Silver. Yes, David Silver's top. And then second oh. place is the 13 million wonder. It's Mo Salah. Oh, you know what? I was going to guess Salah, but I was really hung up on Mane. Yeah. And third place is Sergio Aguero. So Ramsey is tied with... What am I guessing? Oh, so it's chances created from open play. What does that mean? So, oh, like something that leads to a shot. Any any pass that leads to a, a shot or a opportunity to score on right. goal. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. I was just checking. And that's, I think that's remarkable because Ramsey. I can't even remember how much he is. He's like seven point five or something, isn't he? Yeah. I hate him so much because he's. I think he's been so bad this season. But he's clearly doing well, statistically. And he yeah. got two assists in this game. The worst assists ever, because one of them was massively offside. And the other one was, um, it was just a, a pass to, you know, simple pass to Lacazette. And he pulled out this amazing freaking shot from it. Um, but yeah, I think Arsenal, they do have these really good fixtures. And I kind of like that they have the likes of Lacazette emerging as a cheap option that's playing and I say cheap in comparison to the likes of Aguero who seems to be on a, a comparable trajectory in terms of like how important he is to his team how many goals he's scoring like how consistent 
he's been. And I kind of think he's quite a good option to, uh, you know, alongside Firmino as well, and Vardy, like we, we spoke about earlier, to kind of free up some cash if you want that extra sort of expensive midfielder. Mm. I mean, it'd probably take a brave person to drop Aguero. I obviously still have Aubameyang. And he's been been doing okay as well. It's a, a kind of weird one with Arsenal because I feel like I don't have the guts to drop Aubameyang, even though he hasn't been performing amazingly. Yeah, there's sort of been enough, and when he scores, he he does get he does get the bonus points. Or he got the one this week, and Lacazette got two. I think Czech was amazing. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting. And and Czech and Fabianski both this week, I think they both finished on eleven points. Amazing goalkeeping performances from both of them. Um, we we were going to move on to just talk about these one week blanks. I think so. Hazard's obviously against Fabianski this week, didn't do anything. I did kind of anticipate something like this might happen because it's just so very Hazard, isn't it? I didn't realise, and then I saw it and was like, oh my God, duh. Yeah. That someone was like, obviously it's the most transferred in curse. Oh, right, okay. And I was like, oh. Yeah, so he, um, I, I obviously last week didn't captain him because I kind of thought the same thing would happen then and he right. scored a hat-trick. Uh, but yeah, there there is always this doubt and I thought like Fabianski, obviously a very good goalkeeper. West Ham looked very impressive compared to what like how they have been in recent weeks and I think just... Go on. Do you think if um, it had been Arnautovic for Antonio that they would have got more out of this game? I think they probably would have won it, yeah. Because they had, on balance, like, I think Chelsea were the marginally better team in terms of, like, all-round play. Yeah. But the chances, West Ham actually had the the more clear-cut chances to score. Particularly the Yarmolenko one that he put wide, the header. So I think if Arnautovic was playing, they probably would have got a goal out of this game. But, I I mean, all in all, I think it was kind of a fair result, the nil-nil. Um... But yeah, I think this does make Fabianski look like he's definitely got to be my starting keeper for the next few weeks now. Yeah, like if I had wildcarded maybe in this coming up international hmm. break, then I think my keepers, I wouldn't have got rid of Fabianski. Or even yeah. if I had, my keepers would be Fabianski and Hart, I yeah. think. Yeah, exactly. And they're both both 4.5 and both looking really, really good. So yeah, I think that's kind of nice. But um, yeah, so Hazard, Fraser, um, Mane, Lukaku, all blank this week. Which is fine, like, oh, I saw so many people on Twitter just being like, I'm getting rid of Fraser, I'm getting rid, it's done now. Oh, I shouldn't have bought money in. Oh, everything is terrible. And it's like, It's been one week, guys. Calm down. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> this is just how people approach it, though, isn't it? It's very like, um, and we were talking about this last week. Like, I think I was specifically saying, Fraser, like, now is probably not the time to bring him in because he plays... He plays Burnley away from home and it's not as easy a fixture as it maybe would have been two, three weeks ago. And you just always have that thing of you're chasing last week yeah. when really you should be looking ahead to the, the coming fixtures. And if you look look to Fraser's actual statistics and how many... You could say the same about Hazard as well. He had four shots and he scored three goals. And one of them was a penalty. So you kind of have to look at this stuff always in context. And I do think Hazard's form has been amazing. 
you can't drop him because he did did badly against West Ham. The difference is West Ham, they've been on a in really really bad form and they've been gradually incrementally improving. So if you're thinking West Ham were the West Ham who got battered by Liverpool in the first day of the season, they're not because they're obviously trying to get better. And I do want to shout out, even though it's not really fantasy related, like Obiang, Declan Rice and Noble as a midfield three for them. Declan Rice in particular was so good. He was just making so many tackles and interceptions and they just didn't give the Chelsea players enough time to create good chances. So I was really impressed with them. Um, And I do kind of want to shout out, even though I don't think anyone's going to get him, Petr Cech, just amazing performance. Also going from strength to strength. Probably a bit too expensive to consider in your fantasy team. And Arsenal, I still would bank on them conceding in most games. But he's kind of an interesting one to watch if he keeps up his form, just because he's kind of holding Arsenal together at, at the moment and looks like looks like the Petr Cech of, you know, five, six seasons ago when yeah. winning titles at Chelsea. Uh, okay, any other business? Yeah, I've just got some quick some quick bits here. I'd like to start with Fulham, Bettinelli again, saving them. God rest yeah. his soul. Um, there was a lot of disdain towards Fulham during this match. Um, I saw numerous people on the internet saying, oh, just looking at who's playing Fulham next and like kind of implying that they were going to like Hammer jump on... Yeah, jump on every team who plays Fulham because... Like they're Cardiff or something. Exactly. <laughs> um, which annoyed me quite a lot because in the first half, Fulham were not good. Mawson was so <laughs> terrible. He was bad. So bad he got sucked. <laughs> yeah. And then as soon as Adoy came on, they were absolutely fine. Hmm. Um, so one, there we go. That's sorted for the rest of the season. Rest in peace, Mawson. You were a nice signing until you were it terrible. Does, yeah. But I I couldn't really understand why everyone was so up in arms, especially once they'd got that kind of rhythm back in the second half with not a terrible defence. Yeah. And Mitrovic was actually trying to score goals, finally. Um, I think they looked absolutely fine. And bearing in mind we are only six weeks into them being a Premier League side in this run out, I, I don't know what everyone's problem is. Hmm. Well... <laughs> I, I did watch that full match and I think Watford were absolutely incredible in the first half, but they were terrible at finishing. They like yeah. they definitely should have been at least two goals up, if not three or four. Oh, they should have taken more advantage of But what what I thought stood out to me from a from an FPL standpoint is just Mitrovic had one chance in that game and he scored it. And Well was that one chance until after that goal? Because obviously he had a couple of goes after. Yeah, yeah. So essentially that was the first opportunity he had in that game. Right. And it was and it was a it. goal. And it came yeah. kind of, you know, they did improve a lot in the second half. I think Watford weren't, they were pressing, they were running a lot, they were winning the ball and creating so many chances in the first half. And that just, they really seemed to drop off in the second half and Fulham had more control. But yeah, I think Mitrovic is kind of showing his value again just being a guy who can be anonymous for the entire first half of the game, get one chance yeah. and he puts it in. And that's yeah. that's significant, especially at his price. Um, but yeah, like Watford, I think, do continue to look good. It was just a good show of, of character from Fulham that. 
I had another thing here about wolves not being terrible, but we all knew that. Yeah. And I was quite... <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, they, they have um, a really nice sort of run of fixtures coming up as well. Like, it's kind of a, a mix of teams that I think they could they could actually beat. So up mm-hmm. next, they have Southampton at home, which is definitely a game they should be targeting. Um, mm. Then they have... Um, obviously, I'm playing McCarthy. Yeah. For, for the save points, of course. Um, oh <laughs> then they face Crystal Palace away. In Crystal Palace, I've been a little bit mm, over recently. Uh, Watford at home after that. And Watford, I was just talking about, look really good. Uh, that's kind of a, a tough one to call. Then Brighton away. And again, it's kind of like these sorts of teams that they could definitely score against. I think that makes someone like Jimenez at 5.5 look... In fact, he's one of my most successful wildcard purchases, just being Mm. someone who I took purely because I needed someone to fulfil a very, very cheap starting striker role. Yeah. And I thought, he's he's looked quite good. I don't really know how good yet, but I'll take a punt. And And he's he's been really good. He's he's not like a fancy striker, but he gets a lot of chances and he's playing in an attacking team. And if you get players like Doherty and Jimenez... Like, they seem to link up really well. Doherty puts in a lot of crosses. Um, it didn't happen so much against Man United, because obviously Man United are better than uh, than most teams in the league. But I do think they look really promising going forward. Uh, and I just, I know I shouted them out earlier, but Liverpool, I think these fixtures, they have Chelsea and Man City next. But then it's just basically a sea of greens for me. Uh, Huddersfield, Cardiff, back to back again. Uh, Arsenal, Fulham, Watford these are all teams and Everton after that as well the Merseyside derby all teams that they can score a lot of goals against and Firmino too like Firmino is such a big game player I could definitely see him popping up with a few goals against Chelsea and all Man City in fact I'd go so far as to say that I think Liverpool will beat Chelsea quite handily this weekend alright shall we move on to the next the next section Yes, the analysis domestic. That's our melee. If you're not involved, you can get involved by joining it. Uh, there's a the code is in the description. The description. I don't know what all like the notes. The bit that goes alongside this podcast of text where I just do alliteration <laughs> for about three sentences that no one ever reads. But the alliter- this did you read it the, for last episode? No. I might just read it because, honestly, it doesn't get the praise it deserves. Go on, then. The hot hazard debate rages on amidst the heat of dropping of the dropping Salah saga, although there might be another route to squeezing in the Belgian midfielder. Elsewhere, Ryan Fraser is getting FPL players into a royal flat, whilst <laughs> Mendy and Mkhitaryan missing out messes with managers. Oh, damn. You know, you are too good at this. Like, I, I don't even <laughs> understand how you come up with that many. Um, so you can look forward to those kinds of alliterations. If that ain't worth in every dis- yeah, if that in every description, if that ain't worth a five star rating for this podcast, I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, sorry, back to the matter in hand. Our top scorer in the analysis domestic this week is Emmanuel Leander. Congratulations! Um, yeah, Emmanuel. on his wildcard team, which I have up here. I really liked his wildcard team. I thought it was really good. Oh, he's just, he's level on points with me at the moment. Yeah. So 88 points. My only beef with it is that there's a lot of double ups, which I would never. 
Yeah, so he's actually gone for the... For, for those listeners who can't see this, this team yeah. that we're looking at. Uh, so Hennessy and Patricio, both good 4.5 keepers. He's got Trent, Alexander-Arnold, a good shout. You've gone in at this in such a weird way. <laughs> uh, I was just... in How so? Because I would have said, well, you've got Hennessy, but you've also got Wan-Bissaka. And you've got Patricio, but you've also got Doherty and Bennett. Okay, okay, yeah, so that's a triple up there. Okay, I see what you mean, yeah. Those are my beefs. So I'd maybe switch out one of Do- I don't know how much Doherty is. He's 4.4. But I'd 4. switch him out. Oh, Dunk in. <laughs> okay, to be honest. so you're getting Dunk in right away. <laughs> I mean, I would. I, I know what you mean, um, though. This this is like, there's Alonso and Hazard, but those are two good players in a top team. Madison yeah. and Vardy. Only only Mitrovic from Fulham, seems wise. Uh, Fraser. Yeah, Alexander-Arnold and Salah, but as evidenced by my opinions on, on Liverpool, that's fine. And Aguero up top. Yeah, I see what you mean. I, I do... He's kind of going for the the fixtures. He's, he's thinking that these next few fixtures are good for these players. The only problem is that is something that I've been known to do in the past. And you do have these moments where if two of those teams do badly one week, you're in absolute turmoil because you just want to tear the team apart and you start doubting yourself. So yeah, it could be interesting this week to see it, though. Yeah, this week it worked out really well. I do like the players that he's got, I really like. Like this is quite similar to my team, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, and uh, Madison it. and Vardy like is a great double up because you've got yeah. two players who are likely to be sort of getting on the score sheet and assisting each other potentially. So. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I like it. I like it. As no, a, I'm into as it. I, I respect it. And I, I do think, you know, Wolves have some really good fixtures. Yeah. I probably the... wouldn't do a three defensive du- like triple yeah. up on it. Yeah. <laughs> but it like the, for the price, like it makes price wise for building the rest of your team as well. It makes sense. Absolutely. Because you don't look at this team and you don't think, oh my God, there's, there's this player who's going to do really terribly and who's never going to play. Yeah. Okay. Uh, should we move on to our Game Week 7 preview and the Clean Sheet Cup? Yes, this can only be better than the preview I did on my own last week. Okay. <laughs> I kind of need to go back and listen to it, don't I? Just for... I don't know if you... D- I don't think no? you do. Okay. Okay, fine. All right. <laughs> That was that was a nightmare losing half the podcast. But I bought I bought a new DAW this week, so now we didn't even lose half the podcast. To be fair, we only lost. Like I say half. Minutes. I'm very much exaggerating, but yeah, it was it was a hard time. We lost it twice. That was the thing that hurt the most. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. tried to record it twice and then just had to give up. Okay, so uh, early kickoff: West Ham versus Man United. Glad to have Fabianski involved in this fixture. Very exciting. Start Are you playing to the Fabianski? Yeah, absolutely. So. My two options, Fabianski against Man United, and he's at home, or alternatively, Matt Ryan away against Man City. But I thought you'd want it for the saves. I, you, yeah, I want... You're saying that Man United aren't going to take any shots. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, literally that, what I'm that saying. That means there's more of a chance of clean sheets. No, I, I, I just like Fabianski more. I think he's much better for this game. I think... Man City will probably beat Brighton quite handily. And that's one of the, the three o'clock fixtures. So elsewhere we have Arsenal against Watford. Uh, I hope we win that, but I'm quite worried about it. It's a fixture I dread because I hate Troy Deeney so yeah. much. 
I've actually grown to like him because he's been playing quite well and he's really annoying when he beats Arsenal because he gets to come out with all that like your old da sort of oh I just thought I'd put myself about see who's up for it lads that like that's what I don't want yeah that's the only thing I don't want to yeah. happen. But yeah, I, I am worried about this. I'm going to be playing both Aubameyang and Pereira. I'm hoping Arsenal can get a fifth win in a row. Because that would be remarkable. We didn't... I forgot to mention this earlier, but... Last season, the best we managed was three Premier League wins in a row. This season, we've just managed four in a row. So, it's looking good. It's looking good. And I'm hoping for the win here. Um, Everton play Fulham. I like this for goals, but also I said that last week about Fulham and Watford. But I think we were hard done by in that game. Yeah, yeah, we we really were. And Everton do not look like they're tidying up their defence at all, really. I mean, uh, to to be fair, you know, there was the offside goal from, from Arsenal. But Pickford, he hasn't kept a clean sheet yet this season. He hasn't looked particularly impressive. With Mitrovic on the prowl. I think he's probably got to pop up with another goal here and I'm going to have to seriously think about finding a way to get him in. I might captain him. I don't think he's the worst shout. The only thing I don't like is being away from home. I wanted to captain him this week, but I only didn't because it was the the 12th yeah. day. And obviously we don't believe it's, in It's actually a, a funny day for captains because there kind of aren't many outstanding fixtures for any of the... Unless you're looking... Well, we'll get to yeah. it. We'll get to it. And I'll tell you what it might do also. <laughs> so we also have Huddersfield versus Spurs. That one... Uh, I've never been so disinterested in a fixture. Well, I think a lot of people are probably looking at, at maybe getting Kane in for this one. I, I'm still not convinced by him. I'm still not convinced by how he's been playing. And obviously he got the penalty against Brighton. Yeah, I'm annoyed because like that's it. And... Casuals would look at. <laughs> oh, he got points like, last week. Oh, sick! He scored a goal and he got three bonus points, and it's like it was a penalty yeah. that never should have happened. It was such a fluke. Yeah. Like, it's it's not him being good. Yeah. <gasps> oh my god! And the whole way through the post-match interview, he was just sniffing. Oh really? <laughs> it was vile and like proper big, deep, loud sniffs. Yeah. And I can't remember, who, maybe it was Trippier who he was in with? Yeah. Trippier or... I can't remember. And whoever it was who was with him was, like, talking. And during that, he was kept sniffing. And it was like, oh, my God, get a tissue or leave. <laughs> it was so, so unpleasant. I had to turn the TV off. Oh, wow. Like, I had to just turn it off. And was like, right, that's me done here. Hey, damn, Harry. Yeah, I, I missed that, fortunately. It is cold out there, yeah. though. It's getting cold out there. Maybe he's just a oh, bit bummed up. Oh, I appreciate that. But just, like, get a towel, <laughs> have a warm-up. Just do some yeah. nice flowing. Yeah, get a humidifier up in there, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sure. Uh, so, is that, does that help? Uh, it helps with your breathing, doesn't it? it it's... I have no idea. We don't need one here because we're too posh and rich. You're too posh and rich for humidifiers. I thought humidifiers yeah. were a posh and rich person thing. <laughs> anyway, Harry... Not as far as <laughs> Harry Kane is probably going to be a popular option for some people who are, who are trying to get ahead, uh, trying to get ahead of the curve. I don't fancy it personally. He did start taking a few more shots towards the end of the game, but I still wasn't overly convinced by what I was seeing. Uh, Lucas Moura, I imagine a few people are still holding on to him, but the, the question about him is now Lamella's back and Son's back. 
Yeah, and if Ali's fitting... And Ali's back, yeah, there's so many. Like, you have to worry that he's he's potentially going to find himself on the bench at some point. I'd be quite worried about that now, especially knowing that the other players in that range, you know, the Mkhitaryans, they're the guys who've been dropping to the bench and, and never to be seen again. So <laughs> I, I'd be a little bit worried, but I do think Spurs should probably just about win this. Don't think it'll be as easy as, as you'd expect because they are away from home and Huddersfield need to improve. But but yeah, I think they'll still win. Uh, Man City play Brighton at home and yeah, this looks like it should be a probably one of those games, you know, like much like the way that Brighton played against Liverpool. They'll probably try and press them a bit, but not too much. And they'll probably just try and keep the score low. I think if they can get to, to sort of the last 30 minutes of the game and, and they're still in it, then they've done really, really well. Um, but I have to imagine people are going to be looking at the likes of Aguero for a captain captaincy this week, right? Yeah, I think I have Aguero yeah. as my captain at the moment. I don't like it. It's it's um, just... I don't have much choice. It's kind of safe. You know, they're at home. They're against a team that I think people... Well, that's it. It's Aguero at home. Yeah. And a man on Twitter didn't like this this week when I suggested some Yeah, I saw this. Um, which, I, like, before the game week was actually really fair. Yeah. Like, everything I said was fair. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, it just didn't really By the way, out. I also didn't think, like... I, I saw that. I don't think he was being rude. He was just like... No, I yeah. didn't either. Like, initially I did. And I reworked my response, like, <laughs> yeah. three times. So I'm always so much on the defensive. Yeah. Or on the analysis stuff because I always think men are like who are you what do you say how do you know and I'm like I don't know yeah, I don't exactly. know what a fullback is I have no idea no one knows anything in FPL well that also um so yeah I did adjust my response to be like not having a go yeah yeah absolutely um uh, can't remember what my point but... was but yeah I'll probably captain Aguero at home yeah he's, he's good at home only for I'm very excited for Lewis Dunk to get his first goal of the season. <laughs> you know, I'm not because I need a clean sheet in this game. And if if it's a Lewis Dunk goal, it'll be an Anthony Knockout assist. And I'll still be one more week away from bringing him in. So If it's a Lewis Dunk goal, he'll be third on my bench. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> so we'll both suffer together. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I think Man City will probably win this one. But I, I, actually, I, I actually don't think... Um, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring one for Man City. I, I fancy Brighton to to put up a real fight here. Keep him out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Cardiff did for 30 minutes this week. Uh, Newcastle face... Le- Who did they play? Man City. Oh, right. I see. Um, Newcastle-Leicester. <laughs> yeah, who else? Newcastle-Leicester and Wolves-Southampton, the other two three o'clocks. Uh, Wolves-Southampton... I think this is a, a big opportunity for for Wolves. I already mentioned this. A big opportunity for oh. the likes of the likes of Doherty, Bennett, your your Wolves goalkeepers and defenders to keep a clean sheet. Although Danny Ings will be back. A, this is literally what I was going to say. I think this is a nice opportunity for Danny yeah. Ings. After that terrible showing from Long and whoever the other lad is, Austin. Yeah. Did they bring on Gabbiadini? Probably. I think Gabbiadini is injured at the moment, but. Oh. Well, I think that's probably best for Well, it is. It, maybe he isn't injured. Maybe they just be like, Gav, <laughs> just don't, bo- Back don't bother coming in anymore, lads. We know you try, <laughs> literally, but... Literally me if I run that Yeah. Uh, so I, I do want to qualify this just uh, 
Southampton. Like, I do think Danny Ings is a very good player and a very, very good signing for them. Uh, I was I was very underwhelmed by what I saw of them against Liverpool because they Ings is good. The problem I have is Southampton, I don't think they create enough for Ings to really ever be prolific in this team. Like, he's going to rely on, on penalties or, like, kind of lucky breaks and stuff. And... Let's get Ward Prowse in starting every. You know, to be fair, it wouldn't be the worst shout because at least he's kind of a creator, and they don't mm. seem to have much of that because they sold Blimin Tadic. Although I guess that's what I forgot about Tadic. Yeah, uh, Newcastle Leicester. I'm I'm back in Newcastle for a clean sheet here, to be honest. But have Newcastle won a game yet? No, they have not. They've drawn a lot, mm. but they've. They've kind of been okay defensively, and they've been okay. Oh, Debravka got like loads of points this week. Didn't yeah, they? so him and who do they play? They played Palace. Hennessy. Him and yeah, him and Juan Bissaka both got maximum bonus. Oh, good for Debravka. Yeah, he deserves it, but he's five point so he's kind of a little bit out of the the price range. Um, no, I think Newcastle have a chance here. But you never know, Vardy will probably go on a mad one and just score 10 and make me look dumb, as he always does. Stupid Vardy. All right, and the late kickoff, Chelsea-Liverpool. And this is the one where I'm captain in Salah and I think he's got to go absolutely mental. At whatever Chelsea Stadium is called. What is Stamford it? Bridge. Yeah, that's the one. I've even been there. So there's one particular reason I believe this is going to happen and it's because... Marcus Alonso constantly bombs forward and that is a side that Mo Salah plays on and Mo Salah does not come back and defend so it's basically a question of how good can Liverpool play their pressing game and get the ball off the likes of of Alonso while he's high up the pitch and just get him behind and I think they've got to do it with ease even um Sari came out the other day and was just essentially saying that they hope to be at Liverpool sort of level in a year. And, you know, maybe that's mind games. Maybe that's him playing a little playing a little trick here. But I just think that Liverpool are clearly much further ahead in their development. That front three is insane. And they're going to they're gonna exploit those weaknesses that we saw in the likes of the, the Chelsea game against Arsenal when uh, Bellerin kept getting in behind. Uh, I just don't really like having a captain in like these big games. Yeah, I wouldn't usually. I always, yeah, I always just feel like I have no idea which way it's going to go. Yeah, what I've seen from Chelsea is that they are they are susceptible to being countered and they are susceptible to to conceding big chances. So against a team like Liverpool, I just think that's definitely going to happen. Regardless, though, I'm going to love having Hazard and Salah and Robertson in this game. Because it's got to be hella exciting. No, I'm not excited. <laughs> but that's that's it. That's like, then it's on to Sunday. Cardiff Burnley. Yeah, that's it. I might captain Ben Me. Honestly, it's not a bad shout. It's <laughs> at not. least you got a Sunday captain. I I despair at this being the only Sunday game. <laughs> I don't but, mind it. Uh, and then on Monday, Bournemouth play Crystal Palace. Big game for the uh, the old Wan Bissaka. Yeah, but I'm going to have to bench him if I get Laporte in. He'll probably end up coming off your bench somehow. That's that's just the way it happens with Wan-Bissaka. So. I don't think so. I'm quite nervous about it. I think Bournemouth will score here. 
Anyway. Yeah, I kind of fancy them to to get back on the score sheet as well. I've been a little bit unconvinced by Palace defensively. I know. They they look quite they shaky. Doing the business. Two clean sheets in a row. I mean, credit where credit's due. But Bournemouth, obviously, the wounded animal after that 4-0 defeat. Yeah, they're probably going to get get on the score sheet in this one. Yeah, and... I can imagine Eddie Howe getting very red in anger. <laughs> being like, how did you fuck this up? Like, All right. Yes. How do we do in the clean sheet cup? I know we both got a point. Who did we yeah. say? You said Man City and I said Liverpool. And they both kept clean sheets quite comfortably. Brighton, I think. Talk me through it. Brighton against Man City. Are you actually? It would be good. I'd quite like... This is a tough one to call, actually. I'd quite like a Wolves-Southampton nil-nil. Oh, really? Ooh, that's a that's a risky, a bold pick, I'd say. What about a Cardiff-Burnley nil-nil? I don't like any of these for nil-nil. I think there's going to be goals what in every game. What about a Bournemouth-Crystal Palace nil-nil? That would be very Monday, actually, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are, um, you, are you committing? No. Um, I'll go for Burnley. Yeah, that seems like the if you're if you're a betting man, that seems like the most obvious one to go for. Still but tough I do though. Like, I do like Leicester. Really? Yeah. I never liked Leicester. Surely Wes Morgan's got to be back, and we're all going to be <laughs> shaking our heads in despair. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go for. Uh, I'm going to go for Liverpool against Chelsea. And I think it's got to Liverpool or keep a clean sheet. Yeah, I think it's. I've got to double down on it. Like I've bigged them up so much on this podcast now. I've yeah, got to it believe worked in for it. you that other week when you said that Crystal Palace would, and they did. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's quite quite true. So I'm sticking to my convictions here. I will be a bit gutted that that would mean Hazard doesn't get any points, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, the only other one I kind of fancy is Fabianski uh, West Ham because. Oh yeah. Because I have him, and that would be another good double down. But yeah, yeah, I'm gonna gonna lock in on Liverpool. Cool. All right, cool. So that is it. That's your lot, lads. That's uh, our game week six slash game week seven preview podcast. I believe you can email us um, at an address called hello at thedanalysis.com if you wanna. You know, maybe Twitter isn't enough for you. Maybe you wanna really get stuck in with a long, long email to tell us what you really think. Uh, but you can also follow us on Twitter at the Denalysis, um, and you can rate us. You can rate us and review us on iTunes. That would be greatly appreciated. Thank you, Hamish. And we also had Nat the Gooner who gave us a little uh, five star rating as well. Much appreciated for that, guys. But anyway, good luck, everyone, to uh, to your teams. I wish you every success. And yeah, see you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>